Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 here in Edmonton. Back in the BC time zone. Mark Spector is uh, having a late morning walk of the dog on the beach. It sounds like pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline by our regular Tuesday contributor. Uh, it sounds windy there, Speck. How's it going on vacation, man? You uh, only got a couple days left of it. Yeah, I'm actually on my way home. We just pulled over. We found the Okanagan. We just pulled over to beautiful Lake Barrow Lake. People would be familiar with that, right by Sycamus. So uh, we're just uh, looking at a beautiful BC lake and talking hockey, Brandon. How's the show going? Uh, we're, we're getting through the dog days, Speck. It's funny trying to write <laughs> NHL today, and and we're talking like NHL last week in terms of some of the headlines that are out there. So uh, it's making it difficult, but we're getting through. We're having a little bit of fun with it. Um, and really, there's not even any headlines that are necessarily dominating things, but the restricted free agent still being unsigned. Uh, how close to the season do we get before we see some dominoes start to fall here? I know that Mitch Marner is kind of the main guy. Everybody seems to be waiting on that. But uh, any thoughts, any insight, any news? Well, for the big guys, it's you know it's funny. Some things have stayed the same. Right? The agents want to see what Mitch Marner does and what he gets. The biggest guy always dictates um, the market for that group of big players like Ranton in Colorado and, and uh, Kachuk in Calgary. They say those agents are, you know, and, and I would suspect maybe not as much today, Brandon, but in the old days, the, the NHLPA was also active, particularly in Bob Goodnow's day, in making sure that Marner got what he, you know, they thought he should get because the rising tide would then pay Ranton and then Kachuk and others more. Uh, but also things are changing. It's not the same world anymore. Look at the quality of player that might be looking at a PTO this year, right? Uh, the, there's a lot of good free agents out there that are not being signed right now. I'm not talking A players, but, you know, like we, we saw last year, a guy like Alex Chason was on PTO. It turned out to be a pretty good player for the Evan Oilers. And you're seeing some this year that are, you know, the GMs now, they, they, the ball for the, that player, the ball for the secondary, you know, the middle six guy, the, the bottom three defensemen, the ball is in the court of the general managers. And, you know, a guy like, and then you get to guys like, say, uh, no, I don't know, how about Petrovich? You know, there's, a, there's an unrestricted free agent from the Oilers, and I think we can almost guarantee he'll be looking at a PTO somewhere. So, I don't even remember guys on PTOs when I was, you know, 15 years ago. All the good 
players are on contracts now. We're going to look at some real good players coming to camps on PTOs. Yeah, it's interesting, and that's. I wonder if they're just. I mentioned this off the top of the show. Whether it's not a collusion, but if you just kind of wait on guys, like there's no way that Jake Gardner is is not talented enough to be signed to a team. But it, it's almost like the the domino with the restricted free agents is holding up other stuff too. The way I see it. Oh no, for sure, because the general managers. You know, let's let's talk about Calgary. Uh, Brad Treliving can't do a bunch of other things until he figures out how much he's paying Matt Kachuk. You know, I, I, I think we all applaud the work they've done in Toronto um, in terms of keeping all their ancillary assets, the Janssens and the Kapanens, uh, while still having enough cap room here to deal with Mitch Marner. Like, I thought they would lose some people there, and really they've done a hell of a job, I think. But no, no, the the GMs are are clearly their hands are tied. If you've got a big fish still that's not signed, you know your hands are tied until you you figure out how much it's going to cost you to keep that guy. Chatting with uh, Sportsnet's Mark Spector, he's brought to you every Tuesday by the Horses Horse Racing Alberta and the seven thousand men and women that work in Alberta's horse racing industry. Now, Speck, from what I'm reading, it's not even necessarily the dollar value that's the hang-up. Now it seems that it's term. The teams don't want to sign a bridge deal necessarily. The players aren't looking as long-term. You know, we're not. We're completely out of the era of the twelve and fifteen-year contracts, right? So it seems like these guys are trying to get paid twice before they're thirty. Is that suffice to say? That's exactly what's going on, right? It's the the the, the pendulum has swung um, to the general managers, in my opinion. You know, because uh, you know, so why has it happened, right? The general managers have way more clout and way more ability to be patient in the signings that you just described, Brendan. And to me, it's because you know, stuff's changed. And years ago, like the NHLPA operated like a typical union. The older players made all the money. You finally got to 27, 28, became a UFA, you got your huge paycheck. You know, you paid your dues, right, just like uh, a normal union runs. But now, guys like, you know, we'll go back to Kachuk and Rantanen and Marner and McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's their second contract. And you're seeing these young kids are taking up a huge chunk of the payroll now at age 22 you know, when their second contract starts up. So what does that mean? It changes the landscape for that 28-year-old, right? He's, you know, now there's less pie for that older player. So the general managers know it, the agents know it, and, you know, a guy like uh, the Ken Hollands of the world, they can sit back because it's not like there's a bunch of money out there floating around the system for these players. There isn't, you know, there's... There's less. It seems like there's less money, even when the cap goes up. It seems like there's a little bit less money for the established player today than there was 10 years ago. Well, and I think there's something to be said as well for the fact that players are establishing themselves younger than ever before in higher numbers across the league. You see so many young stars that are, are worthy of these kinds of paydays at a younger yep. age than 15 years ago, right? Oh, for sure. The, the players are better. The players are better. And the game's a younger man's game and all of those things. And we used to watch. Remember how, you know, remember not that long ago, the Oilers fans will remember playing a Dallas team that used to stock up on the Brian Scrudlins and Mike Keens and Benny Hoaks and, right, all those older guys that had been around, Guy Carbonos. And now, who stocks up on 33-year-old players anymore? Like, that's... That trend is, it's not even a trend, it's dead. That's not what you do. You stock up on young guys, and when you get a good one, you pay them, you give them eight years, 
And uh, that's because they're more prepared, they're quicker, it's a faster game, and it is not an old man's game anymore, man. It's a young guy's game. We've got Mark Spector on here. It is Tuesday. His appearance is brought to you by the Horses, Horse Racing Alberta, who present the 90th running of the Canadian Derby this Sunday, the 18th. It's the first time that uh, Century Mile Racetrack and Casino will host that. Uh, Spec, you look across the league, and there's... Quite a few teams without captains. This is a very much an off-season storyline here. We're seeing it out of Toronto. Is it going to be Matthews? Is it going to be John Tavares? I just, I'm wondering, in your opinion, is there less of a need for somebody to be declared the actual captain in the modern NHL? It seems to be losing its luster the way I see it. Uh, that's fair. It's, it's, you know, that's a good question. Like, I want to say we also still have goal judges in hockey. <laughs> you know, when's the last time you saw a referee go to the glass or, well, the, the goal judges aren't even sitting behind the net anymore. Right. Yet every arena has two of them because it's hockey tradition, right? So I like the fact that hockey has a C on somebody's chest. Uh, but I'll say to you, I, I'll admit to you or I'll, I'll verify with you, Brendan, I think us in the media and fans make a way bigger deal out of it than they do in the dressing room. Oh, you know, sure. You ask anybody with or without a letter, and they're going to tell you we're all leaders in this room. It's yeah, <laughs> certainly response. you have a group of leaders now. A leadership group is the new buzz term, and I think that's fair. Like one guy doesn't just make a bunch of decisions. You know, you got a group of, of four or five guys in there that lead the team. You can't have twenty guys in your leadership group, and that's not what you want either. But you certainly have a captain, his his two or three assistants, depending on how you do it, and maybe a you know, a real good veteran player who's been around a long time and seen a lot of things. Now you got your five guys. To me it's a leadership group. Uh Connor McDavid's my captain on this team because he's the best player, as unquestionably so. But that doesn't mean that every decision gets made by Connor McDavid and Connor McDavid alone, that's for sure. Uh, one of the more unique captains in NHL history was Roberto Luongo in his time in Vancouver. It was sort of an experiment that <laughs> went a little segue. bit wrong. Good segue. Thank you very much. Well, he gets his number <laughs> retired here, Spec, and I think it's justified that he has it retired in Florida. I'm wondering, uh, you know, working here in the in the Western Conference, did you ever have any experiences with him as one of the more colorful guys in the league? Oh, yeah. I, I had the pleasure of uh, when I was working with the National Post and Sportsnet, uh, covering every one of those Vancouver runs, you know, in about the five years leading up to 2011 when they made it to the Cup and lost to Boston in seven. Uh, I covered every playoff game with uh Roberto, I mean, first of all, he's a fine, fine goaltender, right? You know, he's in his generation, how one of the very best. He was the world junior goalie that lost in the overtime goal in Saskatoon, you may recall. Uh, and just a killer, killer goalie. It was stupid to make him captain. It was a dumb idea. You know, it didn't work. No, it crashed and burned. Yeah, it was just, you know what, because what does a captain have to say? We've got to try harder. We've got to hit more. We've got to block more shots. We've got to be more committed. When a goalie says that about a skater, it sounds like he's pointing the finger, right? Absolutely. So it doesn't work. A goalie can't be captain. End of paragraph. <laughs> so that was stupid. Uh, but listen, Roberto is a solid guy who took blame. You know, he never shirked when a goal that went in. He, you know, he had that bit of a Grant Fuhrer thing with him. He always took blame, even though it wasn't his fault. Uh, his quality of play is beyond reproach, and he's a great guy. And anyone who follows on Twitter knows he's he's not 
above having a hell of a good sense of humor too. So I love dealing with Roberto. I've interviewed him countless times, and uh, I did for my book coming out in the fall. Had a long phone interview with him just about two months ago. And, uh, you know what? They, why? I guess Florida might as well. I kind of feel like, like I'll ask you. You know, in baseball, they talk about which hat do you wear into the Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. Roberto Luongo should be wearing a Canucks hat in the Hall of Fame, shouldn't he? I completely agree with that, and I was going to ask you that next. Do you think that they're the next team that retires his number? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was a great goalie for them. He's the best goalie they've ever had. I guess he might throw King Richard Brodeur's name out there. But, uh, you know, unfortunately for both of them, neither quite got him over to win the Cup. But, uh, yeah, I think for sure. You know, when you look at the names in the, I'm, I'm not sure what the Canucks call the Ring of Honor or something like that. Uh, guys like Stan Smeal and Thomas Gradine and, you know, Trevor Linden would be up there. I'll bet you Burley Burry's up there. Uh, there's certainly room for Roberto Luongo's name in that ring. Uh, not an easy market for anybody to play in, let alone a goaltender who was the face of the franchise. So just having been in BC and, and sort of watched that, it was interesting to watch how he handled it all. Uh, we're chatting right now with Mark Spector. His appearance is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen seems to be the odd man out spec over in Buffalo. They've made yeah. quite a few additions on that back end. Of course, the textures are lighting up 6.30, 6.30, wondering if there's a fit here. I don't see it mostly because of the price tag, but uh, a thought on that situation, if you will. Well, I think, I, I guess I would agree with you. I think what Ken Holland's done is added the pieces he feels like he needs to add here. And I'm not saying he's, you know, added every piece he needs, believe me. But he's he's done so without bringing in a huge number, without making a large commitment in term or cap space, because frankly, he doesn't have the cap space. And you know, I'm going to say to you that that if things unfold and, and it's, it's September and he looks at his summer and he says, okay, summer's over, I got this much money, if I can trade this guy, I can fit a Ristolainen in, I'm sure that, that you know, we've watched Holland long enough to know that he's he doesn't, there's no doors closed in his world, right? He doesn't close the door on things. He kind of waits and see if they get opened. And I'm not saying if that door opens that they don't take a peek at it, but I don't feel like the Oilers, I don't care who the player is, whether it's Ristolainen or any guy making his money in term, I don't feel like at this point um, Ken Holland's in a position to acquire that much contract. Because let's face it, they're going to want back you know, real players, good players, right, for Ristolainen. You're not just trading them you know your problems right so i'm not sure that i'm not sure it's a fit right now for this team and this gm and this cap situation brendan is that fair yeah that's fair to say and my sentiment as well a lot of the suggestions coming in at 6 30 6 30 have the likes of chris russell and a draft pick and that that's just not going to be enough reed wilkins exactly that it you know nugent hopkins might be the starting point for that kind of conversation and for a guy who finished a league worst minus 41 that's not a conversation oilers fans want to entertain um, one more position <laughs> battle here, Spec, is it, it's the third-line center position. Is, have you ever seen it this wide open? When you're talking about a relative unknown in Haas. We don't know whether Kara's going to be able to play that position. Uh, Colby Cave, Josh Curry, there's so many in the mix. What do you make of this right now? Well, I've seen it this wide open. I remember the time that was the Craig McTavish said I got one NHL center on my lineup. 
was it Craig McTavish or Dallas Aikens that said that? I can't even remember at this point. But one of the coaches did in training camp when he had Nugent Hopkins and nobody else. And um, so the good news is you do have centermen in Edmonton. The bad news is, yes, you want dry settle on the wing. You want Nugent Hopkins at number two. And, you know, we just mentioned Key Carbono in a previous conversation. And I want... You know, of uh, a night, I want a 2020 version of Manny Mohotra, of Guy Carboneau, of John Madden, of, you know, Craig McTavish, right? Particularly when you look at the face-offs, Brandon. I think that's the key here. You know, McDavid's got a long ways to go in face-offs. He's a young player, and I, I think he'll get there because he does everything else so well. But I'll tell you what, what was Nugent Hopkins last year? Around 40%. Yeah. So they got to get a guy to win faceoffs. Like they need to win draws. And and you know we talk about how bad the PK's been. Well, the every draw to start every PK's in your zone, and when the other guys win it, so often they get a two minute or shorter, um, you know, time with a man advantage. And you win a draw and ice it. It's immediately it's a minute and a half power play, and then that's twenty five percent of your power play. That that helps your percentage. And I think face-offs are a huge issue with their PK and hanging on a lead late in games. They need a guy. He's got to, they, they need a good face-off man in that three-hole. And no, Brendan, they do not have one at this point. Right. So now we're talking about PTOs, and I wonder if we get to the point in the offseason here where a guy like Brian Boyle ends up being brought in on a PTO. I, I think he's got more value than that, but if the league doesn't, maybe that's a good option. We know he's good in the dot. Yeah, and if I'm that guy and I'm looking at this team, this is my opportunity, right? If I want to, if I want, if I just find out by August, my agent says, look, pal, you're looking at a PTO. Now I'm starting to look at teams where I have the most opportunity with my one-year contract here. And, you know, just like we talked about Jesse Pugliarvi as a right winger and how there's no place in the world he's got more opportunity to thrive than in Edmonton. Uh, if I'm a face-off win and third-line centerman who can kill a penalty, I'm looking at this Oilers roster and saying this is a place for me. Absolutely. Hey, Speck, I want to let you go here because I know you're probably trying to get back on the road. That's but gotta, okay. I'm fine. I got to I got to finish with one more thing here. We mentioned the Canadian Derby, the 90th running. It's coming to yeah. Edmonton. Are you going to be there on Sunday? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got it uh, penciled in. I always enjoy the Derby. It's a big show. Everyone gets dressed up. And, uh, and now it's at the new track, so I think it's uh, one you really want to be at. Excellent. I will, uh, in all likelihood, see you there based on my conversation yeah. with uh, Jeff Robillard from... Yeah, go get Wisconsin yourself a Albert. sharp-looking chapeau, my friend. All right, I'll yeah. see what I can come up with. All right, man. <laughs> Sounds good. Great stuff, Speck. I really appreciate you taking the time. Safe travels home. We'll connect soon. All right. All right. Thanks, Brendan. That is Sportsnet Mark Spector on his way back from the beautiful Okanagan in British Columbia. His appearance is brought to you every Tuesday by the Horses Horse Racing Alberta, who present the 90th running of the Canadian Derby. It goes Sunday, the 18th, Century Mile Racetrack and Casino down in Nisku. And now uh, we're going to have a bit of a preview coming up, uh, likely on Thursday, about that. It is 12.51 here in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We'll press pause, bring it back with some of your text messages when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. 12.53, Chad time. We're asking you about your sports guilty pleasure. Is it a weird sport you like watching? Is it a 
obscure team that you cheer for? Is it something that's on at 3 o'clock in the morning and you had to buy a special TV channel to watch it? Let me know at 6.30, 6.30. These are uh, some great responses coming in already. Texter in Edmonton says, I like LPGA golf because some of those ladies are pretty incredible. Well, listen, we talked about Bianca Andreescu and what she did at the Rogers Cup, becoming the first woman in 50 years uh, to win, the Canadian woman, to win it, the Canadian tournament, and how impressive that is. Brooke Henderson might be the best female athlete right now in Canada, and she's, what, 19 or 20 years old? Uh, I can remember watching commercials, uh, special features for her. I think it was Powerade that was putting it on, as a matter of fact, when she was like 14, saying she's going to be the next one. And now it's it's been incredible to see her rise. So uh, to that texture, I, I think that's probably part of the fuel for that fire there. Another one here says, I like to cheer for the LA Galaxy, a Major League Soccer fan. Is there a future for the Major League Soccer here in Edmonton? I would love to see it. I would love to see the LA Galaxy in town. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is one of the most iconic sports figures of our era, in my opinion, just because he's willing to say such ridiculous things. I wouldn't even say that one's guilty. That's just a cool pleasure. Uh, Daniel from Cochrane says, I love watching Aussie rules football and cheering for the Brisbane Lions as well as the Brisbane Broncos and rugby. Uh, Daniel, have you been to Australia? Because that seems like a pretty specific set of teams to cheer for. But you're about the fifth person to text in about Aussie rules football. That's... It is cool. I, I really like the flow of that game. You still get the, the hardcore physical aspect and... You know, another texter here saying those are the best athletes in the world. Well, they're certainly up there. And it's a lot of fun to watch. If you haven't checked it out, it's typically on later on a different sports network. Maybe do it. Maybe have that appetite. Uh, Another one here says, I think you've forgotten the ultimate fan participation sport of darts. 180, he says. Uh, Yeah, wow. Would it be fun to see that live either in Vegas at one of the the World Masters tournaments of darts or whatever you would call it, or even to just go and see the professionals overseas in the UK take care of that. Uh, Absolutely incredible stuff. It's hilarious. And here's another good one. I love going to YouTube and watching all the obscure sports. People are really good at common games like Cornhole and Tetris and stuff. Yeah, well, the replay of the Ocho that was on last week, uh, that provided an insight into some of those things. And you look at something like cornhole, right? You're typically tipping back an adult beverage in your backyard or some somebody's got it set up at a promo event or whatever, and it's just like, okay, get the beanbag in the hole, right? No, no. No, no. You watch the professionals do this, and it is unbelievable the strategy that goes into it. It's basically like curling, but it, curling meets skee-ball, if you will. Um, oh, there's some really good ones. Speed skating is my Olympic favorite. That's a neat one. And strategy that you wouldn't otherwise think goes into a sport like that, that you get to watch and you get to watch the best athletes of the world. I wonder if that's what goes into some of the fandom here because you see it, but only at the cream of the crop. Nobody is watching a professional cornhole player until it's the national cornhole championships end up on, on the Ocho one day, right? So you're seeing it at its finest. I'm wondering if that contributes to it. Uh, Texter says, I can watch poker all day. Another one from Calgary, Sumo, live from Japan. I bet that would be an incredible experience. How big are those guys in real life? If you've been there, Texter from Calgary, let me know. Are they as superhuman as they seem? 
Great content coming in at 6.30, 6.30. You can keep it coming. Uh, we're going to check in. Bob had a conversation uh, a couple weeks ago with Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. That is Tyler Wright. And he set the table for what we can expect with him taking over that role uh, under Ken Holland. Uh, we know what he did in Detroit. Get his thoughts on what he looks for, where he looks for it, and more coming up. And then at 135 for you junior hockey fans, we'll tell you all about the upcoming AJHL season and who better to talk about that than the voice of the Brooks Bandits and much, much more for that team and that community. Tyler King, 135, we'll do a bit of a tell-all who to watch for, what teams could be some dark horses, uh, and uh, that kind of thing at 135. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.